With Tesla Government's Knowledge Management Solutions, you are adding a strategic partner that helps unleash the full power and potential of your institutional information. Let us unpack your data and put your knowledge to work. Learn more at teslagov.com. So we, we usually are very cooperative, very uh, involving the local populace, the local authorities into our also our uh, decision-making process in our semi-decision-making process. Hello, everybody, and welcome to One Civil Affairs Podcast. I'm your host today, James Michichi, and today we're continuing our dialogue with our NATO and multinational partners, specifically focusing on the UCOM AOR. Today, we are going to be joined by Colonel Mattia Zussi, who is the commander of the multinational summit group He's also a civil fair qualified officer, having taken the course at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And additionally, he has had experience in the United States military professional development as a graduate of the 10-01 Command and General Staff Officers course. Colonel, thank you very much, sir, for joining us. It's an absolute honor to have you here. Thank you very much. Thank you. So today we're going to be discussing about the role of the multinational CIMIC group, also known as the MNCG, CIMIC within NATO, and some of the opportunities for civil affairs formations and elements to participate and join the MNCG in their education and operational outreach. We'll be beginning this discussion by asking the Colonel to please introduce the MNCG and talk about their mission. Yes, thank you very much. MNCG is a dedicated full military cooperation capacity here in Malta Liventa. We have double uh, capacity, let's say. Uh, we can deploy operational and tactical assets overseas in operations, but we can also be a education center, a center of expertise, where we provide courses, semi-courses, liaison courses, and many others uh, in order to increase uh, the capabilities of the students. So what we uh, learn on the field of operations, uh, what we also study in our doctrine, then we teach in our courses. So the add-on of our capacity is uh, to basically draw from the experiences on the field, some exercises and some experiences to then give to our students. Fantastic, sir. So you have a bifurcated or a two kind of mission, an operational mission and an education mission. If it's okay, I'd like to first ask about some of the operations. Where are some of the deployment histories of the CIMIC forces from the multinational CIMIC group? When I took the class there, a lot of the folks were getting ready to go to Djibouti. Where else have you guys deployed or where else will you deploy? Yeah, we started our first deployment in 2003. I was part of the, uh, the CIMIC detachment into uh, Iraq immediately after the, the war. We deployed in Nazaria with, uh, with a detachment of 30 people. We have then deployed also to Afghanistan, uh, Lebanon, Somalia, Djibouti, Kosovo, and many other places around the world. And we are also deploying other other assets to Iraq, mainly staff officers. So we are deployed both in Africa, Asia, and the Balkans. And when you deploy, those lessons learned help build the education section. Can you talk about some of those big lessons learned that have helped shape the education section of the MNCG? Yes, mainly we, the people are getting experienced on the field. So when they have to teach, for example, cultural classes, they can give to the students the real taste of what cultural awareness is and what is needed when dealing with other people 
coming from other countries with different religions and different behavioral aspects. That is the most important thing we learn on the field, and then we are able to transfer to our students. That's fantastic. And your students, they are mostly CIMIC forces, correct? Yes, they are mostly CIMIC forces, but we also host the military personnel of the navies, of the air forces. Some of them are just infantry officers that are getting deployed overseas. And for example, they have to man a S9 or a G9 cell. So they take advantage of our experiences in order to better do their business on the field. Just to follow up on that, now, CIMIC is a little bit different than civil affairs. And now, if you could just, for our listeners, because some of them might not be familiar with CIMIC as they are with civil affairs, or they might not be uh, familiar with either of them, could you describe the role of CIMIC and what CIMIC is uh, from a NATO and Italian standpoint, please? Yes, having basically done both, I can tell you that uh, civil affairs have a broader uh, perspective, are a little bit broader in terms of intervention into the uh, single areas of a society. Civil affairs units are able to deploy asset functional specialists, uh, which can man also civil areas, uh, civil society. While CIMIC is a little bit more related to the impact of military operations on the civil dimension and uh, in order to be a good interface between the military unit and the local populace, the local authorities and the international community. I would say that the CIMIC impact is a little bit softer than the civil affairs impact. Years ago, I used to describe the civil affairs like a big, big garden in which there were some some flowers, some uh, some trees which were the CIMIC. So I would say that civil affairs has a broader uh, impact on, on the civil society. From my personal experience as well, is CIMIC and civil affairs work best together. I think mutually supporting each other as we have seen in and throughout some of the operations in Europe and in Africa. I have worked with fellow CIMIC folks in the past and we've mutually supported each other very well. I agree. And, you know, usually instead of underlining, pointing out differences, I usually underline points of contact. And I would say there are many more points of contact between civil affairs and CIMIC than differences. So I'm, I'm always optimistic. No, that's, that's very important. That's a very operational, tactical view of it. And you discussed the role of the school training S9s, J9s, and G9s. Now, with that role, how involved has the education part of the MNCG been with making sure the CIMIC capabilities are intertwined with other NATO staff functions? I think specifically maybe information and protection or anything along those lines. Yes, in our courses, we have the field and staff worker course. And in the staff worker part of the course, we usually teach also how to deal with counterparts of other branches, other HQs, and how to deal with information flow, with information exchange. We have always to be very careful when dealing with, with information. As a CIMICers, we, we need to know some information to deal with them. And to know uh, how the uh, civil society, the civil area is. So we need to be able to manage information, to share information into the HQ and with uh, headquarters, with other headquarters that are in the same area. 
That's very good. How about public affairs? Do you find there's a big synergy between the public affairs folks and then the staff sections as well? Right. They are all part of the EFO operations. So as a semicurs, we have to feed the uh, public affairs, the EFOPs, but also PSYOPs with positive news, with uh, positive uh, points that can be outlined during the PAO, the media ops and EFOPs activities. So the info sharing in as far as uh, EFOPs campaign is very, very important and involved significantly the semic operators. And it's something very hard to do. I know even from our side, we are still trying to figure out the correct balance and position, especially on the non-special operations side of where the S9, G9s, and J9s play that role. Sir, so you had mentioned one of your courses. Could you tell us the courses you have to offer at the MNCG and are U.S. personnel able to attend these? Yes, we would love to, to host uh, many American friends here in Moto di Venta. As you mentioned before, my professional life, but also my private life, is uh, significantly uh, strictly connected with the United States. I spent also four years of my life uh, in, in Arizona, in Phoenix, uh, visiting my, my relatives there. We do have uh, many courses. The Functional Specialist course, which is mainly for the Army Reserve. Then we have the CIMIC Tactical Operator course that is very tactically oriented for the civic soldier, the platoon commander, the team, the team commander, such as uh, civil affairs, alpha and bravo teams. Then we have the female engagement team, which is very important as far as gender is, is concerned. As I mentioned, we have the NATO civic field and staff worker course, which are split into the field part and the staff part. The civic liaison course, which is very, very important as far as liaison officers and interacting with the civil uh, community, both international and the local host nation. And finally, but very important, we, we have also the intercultural operator uh, course, which is brand, uh, brand new, will take place at the end of uh, 2021 and uh, will be as intercultural mediator course will be paramount for our education of offer uh, for 2021. So if I may add, I've taken a course at Pimota de la Vinza, if I'm saying that correctly, and it is a fantastic experience. I had the opportunity to attend the liaison officer course, and not only was it a challenging course, but the end with the role players were fantastic, and everybody learned from each other. I will add that it was one of the unique opportunities where it was not just Italians and Americans in the military. We had civilians from the private sector, the NGO sector, and the state sector, as well as our teammates from Ukraine. Georgia, Poland, and a few other countries, so in Austria. So it was, really was a fantastic experience. I learned a lot. So I would highly recommend that if you are a U.S. civil affairs officer and you're looking for an opportunity to broaden, then it is definitely a, a someplace to look. And you know how important would be the presence of uh, U.S. Army soldiers, uh, NCOs, and officers here in Mota Diventa. It is uh, uh, of uh, such an importance that I strongly recommend uh, you guys to come here and attend our tours. And they have fantastic coffee at the breaks. Every break. Best coffee I've ever had. Better than what we drink. Everywhere you look, there's a barrage of emails and information telling you what everybody has done, is doing, or plans to do, all in excruciating detail. But access is only half the battle. You also need information presented in a usable form. But that takes work, and the more information you have, the more work it takes. 
Tesla government takes on these issues so that your office or agency can fully exploit the data you already have. Our knowledge management experts organize and curate your internal data. Our open source research augments your knowledge base with strategic insights from our globally experienced team. And our data visualization turns complex data into compelling visuals, while our community building makes sure everyone benefits by leveraging collective knowledge. With Tesla government's knowledge management solutions, you are adding a strategic partner that helps unleash the full power and potential of your institutional information. Let us unpack your data and put your knowledge to work. Learn more at teslagov.com. Do you have an idea for an upcoming podcast or know someone who may be a good person to interview? Contact us at capodcasting at gmail.com. I named a few of the countries that participate in the multinational summit group uh, training. Are there any others? Have you had a chance to bring anybody from Africa or Asia? Uh, is that something in the plans to try to develop our partners in those regions and their capabilities? Yes, we in the in the years we have hosted many many officers from the partnership of four peace area of NATO, so northern Africa, Middle East. We have hosted uh, also officers from Azerbaijan, Japan, far far east, and other other nations of the African continent. So ma- mainly, basically, our our courses are very very open, and uh, we are we are waiting for the large participation ever. So you're welcome. Always. No, I think this is important to know because a lot of the U.S. efforts in some areas are to build civil military engagement capabilities within our partners in developing nations. And to know that there is a schoolhouse that accepts soldiers, officers, and other service members from all countries is very important in building that capability. And it's something that I would highly recommend folks to look out and reach out to your schoolhouse to potentially build that synergy and establish the institutional capability. So thank you for sharing with us, sir. That's that's very important to some of the efforts there, very much. Thank you. I would ask you this then. So as the school develops, what's next? You talked about some of the reaching out to other countries. You have talked about some of the educational aspects, but what's next for the multinational civic group from both the operational and from the educational standpoints? Yes, in terms of uh, operational concept, we are drafting the new operational concept in which we are making a, a hypothesis, the use of multinational civic group as a whole in operation. So the entire unit gets deployed supporting a joint theater, LCC or combatant command entirely. We are also thinking about changing the capabilities of a couple of platoons of our battalion into a special operations. So we would like to get some of the CA training, sub-affairs training, in order to increase our, our support to special operations capability. In terms of education, as I mentioned, the intercultural mediator course will be the most important change uh, for 2021 offer. We look forward also to send our officers to Bragg in order to attend the civil affairs course. But last but not least, we are in the process of expanding the multinationality of multinational civil group. That's why I would like to ask other nations, both European 
and NATO to join the multinational semi-group as a participating name. We are in the process of, of discussing that with many nations, Albania, Montenegro, but also uh, UK, and as I mentioned, also the United States of, of America. So, and right now it is the Italians and what other nations make the core of the MNCG? We are six nations so far, Greece, Hungary, Portugal, Romania, Slovenia, and Italy. And we would like to expand at least getting at least to 10 10 nations. Austria is also, as far as I know, uh, interested in becoming a participation participating nation, even if they are not into completely into NATO. But as I said, we are in the process of dramatically expanding our multinationality. The more we are, the best it is. No, that's very true. And for those who don't know, Austria is very close to where the MNCG is. And we had an Austrian officer on the podcast a few weeks ago, and he also said that the Austrian military is trying to build a lot of partnerships. So it's interesting to see as we do this European dialogue, how Austria as a non-member of NATO is still integrating into NATO and uh, increasing that capability. Sir, thank you so much for the information on the schoolhouse and how it expands. So I will ask this about CIMIC. What do you see as the biggest challenge? challenges for the CIMIC force in NATO in the next 10 years? Do you see it being an expanded force that might have too much mission or are you still vying for missions? Or And what opportunities do the CIMIC forces have in the coming years as well throughout the operating environment? Yes, the, the main challenges is will be to get, let's say, to get accepted into large-scale combat operations. We are ready for that, but uh, large military formations may see us as a body that they cannot, they don't know how to use. Uh, however, we are we are challenging our our HQs in order to get the other the formations uh, pretty acquainted of what we can do on our capabilities. With respect to the opportunities, I guess that the new the new set of functions called CMI, Civil Military Interaction, is is paramount because it leaves us the autonomy and the and the capacity to link with many so many bodies, civil bodies in the world that we can significantly increase our capabilities, our knowledge, and our links with the with the major stakeholders. No, that's very interesting. And it seems like the CMI opportunity is very linked to the challenge you have of large-scale combat operations, or as you know, the U.S. Army wants to give everything an acronym we call LISCO. We also have challenges with that as well. And I know from our standpoint, from civil affairs on the U.S., side is they're trying to talk about how we can be scouts in a sense and be able to map the human terrain and let the leadership know where there's potential threats against the force moving forward. And of course, there's always the concern about displaced civilians on the battlefield and those obstructing the uh, movement of forces. And I know that's how our forces are trying to find their role in there as well. I don't know if you've had similar efforts. Yes, we we are we are facing more or less the same thing. However, however, we will have to be ready for LISCO because you know NATO doctrine, but also the American doctrine and strategy are getting to that are basically forecasting those kind of uh, that kind of scenario. But we are ready. It's just a matter of getting a of getting us accepted by the the large formation. They have to know how to employ us. You know. 
and they will be they will be satisfied with our final product. And do you often use large exercises, NATO exercises, to help educate the rest of the force about the important role of the human domain, about what CIMIC does to enable the maneuver commander in conflict? Is that something you've had success in the past, or is that something you're going to do further down the line? Yes, we participate every year with an asset, NRF, an asset that is considered a component, even if reduced in number, usually between 30 to 100 packs. Uh, we are we are always employed into NRF, so we link with the with the Joint Force Commands, uh, Naples and Ransom, so they get to know us and they are also appreciating the way we we operate, but also the way we educate the HQs on on the capabilities and on the ways of interacting between the, the military domain and the civil domain. That's fantastic, sir. And I, I've personally found that uh, while the role in actual LISCO or large-scale combat operations for CA might not be as large as it is, is in competition or cooperation, as we use the cooperation, competition, and conflict continuum in the U.S., the work that CIMIC and or civil affairs does in the early phases as we generate and build combat power to be able to execute that is paramount for success, specifically knowing where our troops and our formations can go. So exercises to me is one of the most important areas, and I think that's very fantastic, sir, that the MNCG is using that as an educational standpoint to show the important role of CIMIC in all of that. Thank you. Yes. do you, as NATO and in the Italians, do you also use the competition and conflict spectrum, or do you guys have a different view of that in terms of CIMIC's role? Yes, as far as the CIMIC role is concerned, we don't usually use the competition. We don't use the counterpart or, or the controversial way of dealing, because we, we tend to be considered as facilitators uh, between the local populace and the, the civil dimension and the military dimension. So we always try to be to stay on the path of non-confrontational, let's say, deals. So we, we usually are very cooperative, very uh, involving the local populace, the local authorities into our also our uh, decision-making process in our CIMIC decision-making process. That's fantastic, sir. And I will ask you one last question as we start closing it out before closing comments. Is there's a what is the relationship? There's another school, CIMIC Center of Excellence. What is the relationship between multinational CIMIC Group and the CIMIC Center of Excellence? Because some of our listeners might have taken a course at the CIMIC Center of Excellence. Are you guys do you guys work together? Are you part of the same headquarters? If you could explain that relationship between those two entities. Yes, they are stationed in the Netherlands, uh, so far away from our home station. They are a a CIMIC center of excellence, so basically an academic body who teaches CIMIC uh, with a doctrinal point of view. We we got authorized by NATO, by CIMIC center of excellence, to organize twice a year our NATO courses in which we add some practical experiences gained on the field. That is what we can do in addition to their courses. We bring our experiences and we give to the students the, the real taste of a CIMIC-related operation. And of course, you have the, the operational difference that they do not have operational forces deploying. So that experience is very important to what, important. 
the MNCG brings. Yeah. So, sir, thank you so much for joining us today. Do you have any other comments or anything else to add? I will make sure that the link for the school is posted in the podcast. So listeners, if you're a civil affairs officer and interested in attending one of the fantastic courses that the MNCG has to offer, please follow that link. But sir, any closing comments? Yes. You know that, as I said before, we are trying to expand our multinationality and the uh, participation to multinational swimming group of the United States of America would be of dramatic impact for us. We are, you know, we are dealing with uh, talks between uh, Army's general staff, but my first objective for 2021 and 22 is to host here, to welcome here the Stars and Stripes and Stripes flag as of, of the United States of America as a participating nation. That would be, that would be my dream. No, sir, and I think you have some important ears that might be listening to that from both our reserve and active side. And as someone who has attended the course there, there's definitely a lot of value in having civil affairs soldiers working alongside our CIMIC uh, brethren as we develop this important NATO capability that is going to be needed in the future. Sir, uh, thank you so much again for joining us today. It is an absolute honor to have you here. Once again, we are talking to Colonel Zussi, who is the commander of the multinational CIMIC group in Moto della Venza, Italy. Multinational CIMIC group, once again, has a two-part approach to their app book. They have education and operations. And if anybody would like to attend one of their courses, please, you heard the colonel during the podcast, come reach out, have your training, outreach folks, reach out, get that connection. And they're looking for greater U.S. involvement as they continue their operations around the world. Sir, thank you very much. And on behalf of the Civil Affairs Association, it's been an absolute honor to have you on the podcast. Thank you. The Unomia Journal is expanding its content to reach a broader audience and engagement across defense and governments to include other partners in allied countries. New sections in the Warrior Scholar Corner and the Team Room aim to deliver content useful to our members. Check out the Unomia Journal at www.unomiajournal.com. Thank you for spending some time with us. Please subscribe and come back for another installment of 1CA. Until then, be safe and secure the victory. In civil affairs, your success depends on getting the right information to the right people at the right time. Whether it's foundational information for a team about to head out on a mission or putting together a map or other data visualization to brief a general or an ambassador, Tesla Government Solutions and staff can help. With Tesla Government's Knowledge Management Solutions, you're adding a strategic partner that helps unleash the full power and potential of your information. Let us unpack your data and put your knowledge to work. Learn more at teslagov.com.